0: All right, guys, you are locked on Falcons. I am your host, Aaron Freeman, and today I am joined by none other than Charles McDonald, the co-host of the Setting the Edge podcast. He writes for a lot of websites, Bleacher Report, Alcoholic, you know. Him. And today we're going to be doing a pre-training camp Q and A.
1: You are locked on Falcons, your daily podcast on the Atlanta Falcons, part of the Locked On Podcast
0: Network. Your team every day. All right. Welcome back to the show, Charles. I haven't talked to you really since the draft. Uh, you've been, I don't know, in a dark place or maybe yeah. a good place. I don't, <laughs> I don't know where, where you've been these last couple of months, but uh, welcome I'm back all over, to the Falcons. I'm
1: all, I'm all over the place, not a dark place, not a good place. Just everywhere.
0: Okay. Well, All right. So um, we're going to do some Q&A questions. It is training camp as you're listening to this. This is probably the first day that the Falcons are practicing or the second day if you're you're a procrastinator and you don't listen to these podcasts the day they drop. But um, we'll talk a little bit about roster battles. We got some questions, people asking us, you know, which third string guy they th- they they want us to know uh, who, who's going to make this roster spot, and and some sort of out there questions we'll answer those as well. So, uh, let's get into it. So, first question comes from Bill Terrenius at that Terenius on Twitter. He says, "Hey, Falc fans, who do you think is going to make the roster as the sixth linebacker?" This obviously is a very serious podcast question. You go first. I, I don't know. Um, I I, I think I. I think I did a roster projection. I think I had Josh Keyes. I don't know. It's really a toss-up at this point. Like, I just gave it to Keyes just because he was on the team last year and he played some special teams. And, and, you know, I figure, you know, his skill set is similar to Jermaine Grace, uh, who's the guy I think a lot of people are sort of expecting to be that guy. But I figure just because Keyes has a little bit more experience, and has been around the block a couple of times, he'll probably wind up winning the competition.
1: So who who would be the sixth then? So Campbell, Deion Jones, Duke Riley, Leroy Reynolds. Kamal. Uh, oh, Kamal Ishmael. Right. I forgot that he moved down there. Yeah. So, I mean, I've, I haven't i have seen Jermaine Grace, but just so what we've seen so far with Quinn in the past two years, I, I think he's going to get a fair shot to compete for that last linebacker role. Um, so I, I think like if, if Grace looks good, um, like in the late portion of the preseason games on the special teams. I wouldn't be surprised to see him make it over Keys, but either way, that guy needs to be a strong special, a strong special teams player.
0: Yeah, I mean, you got I think JT Jones is in the mix. Jack Lynn, who played with Campbell at Minnesota, is also in the mix. So, um, it's you know, relatively speaking. Um, they got a decent amount of talent in terms of their undrafted guys, and so it's really anybody's race. But you know, I'll I'll pick Keys just because he's got a little bit more experience, maybe. All right, let's move on to the next question from Abraham Lewis at Luez Abraham on Twitter. He asks, "What do you think about Atlanta Twitter using the big baller brand, Lonzo Ball, attack both UCLA stars Illuminati?" <laughs> it's a lot to unpack there. What do you, what do you think, Charles?
1: There's a lot of words there. Uh, I I mean, I'm here for it. I'm a, if you follow me on Twitter, I you know I'm a big supporter of uh, Triple B's Big Baller brand, Lavar Ball, Lonzo Ball. I'm rooting for Lonzo to be like the next great Laker point guard just because I want to see how far this craziness can go with Lavar Ball. So hey, if Tack wants to drop, jump on the bandwagon as a fellow UCLA Bruin, uh I'm here for it. I'll support it. Triple B's is a lifestyle. B's up swoosh down. <laughs>
0: Big brotherhood battle, as uh, Abraham says. Um, yeah, look, look. If if, if he's gonna support uh, Big Baller Brand, fine. That's great. You know, as long as um, it's uh, you know he doesn't twist an ankle or anything like that. You know, that's that's my big concern with Big Baller Brand is it's not as exactly scientific as as Nike or, or um, any of the other big uh, shoe brands are. So I'm worried about Lonzo's ankles a little bit, but. Uh, if, if it gets, if scientifically, if some podiatrists approve, then all four tack rocking them and sort of the cross branding with the Falcons being a big promotional vehicle for uh, LeVar and, and Lonzo's brand. So next question comes from Luke at the Dirty Bird 1998. He says, who wins in a fight? Thanos equipped with a full gauntlet of infinity stones or the great incomparable Jonathan Babineau?
1: These are the training camp questions that we need to ask—the <laughs> the important stuff. But I'm I'm going to go with Babs because I think he gets a boost of the infinite fury from them just tossing his jersey off to Jack Crawford. That he was <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to use like that little anger that he has, or at least that I would have if I was him, and I, I give him the edge right in that battle.
0: I, I think that's you know Thanos, the Infinity Gauntlet. You know he's he's the world's most powerful being, but I think you're right, Babs. Pissed off because of the the jersey, uh, the disrespect from the Falcons giving away his jersey just like what a month after he w- he was gone. I don't and, even
1: think it was a month.
0: Yeah, and uh, I'm sure that you know he'll he'll hit him with that rip move, and then uh, you know get him around the ankles or, or whatever Babs does. You know, with the uh, the disruption equals production, as they say. <laughs> Um, you know, people knew I was going to pick Babs, so it was, it was really up to you, Charles, if, if you were going to agree, but you, you know what podcast you're on, so. Absolutely. Okay. Next question comes from the Nerdy Bird at Nerdy Bird ATL. He asked, any particular bubble players that you are rooting for this year? Hashtag Locked on Puppets. Uh,
1: actually, I was, I was, uh, just looking through, uh, some of the undrafted free agents that they signed and, uh. One, uh, Not even like watching them really. I was just like looking at guys who had some nice testing numbers and then going to watch some of their stuff. And uh, this guy, Jeterius Jones, that we mentioned before, I've watched some of his stuff from uh, Miami, Ohio. He's actually a pretty you know, a solid pass rush. If you just look at his numbers on NFLDraftScout.com, like obviously they're not blowing anybody away because if he was just like freaky, freaky athletic, he would have gotten drafted. But for his size, he's a decent athlete. I think he gets around the corner well. And I, I think he's going to have a chance to make some plays in the preseason especially as Tack kind of works his way back from injury, and that's one guy I'm actually really looking forward to watching in preseason. Then uh, another guy, Quincy Mauger, just because I like the Georgia Bulldogs, and I'm really hoping he sticks, and I just don't really know who else is there at strong safety uh, behind Keanu Neal on the depth chart, so I feel, like, uh, I feel like that position is kind of open too, like that backup strong safety spot, unless they just want to cross train or not cross train because he's already done it, but play Ke- play Kamal Ishmael at weak side linebacker and strong safety.
0: Um you are not on the Sherrod Niesman bandwagon anymore? Uh
1: I mean I, I just I, I have no idea how this how this safety group is gonna mix together. It just seems like there's a there's a lot of bodies and the only players with like true defined roles are at least I mean what it looks like is Keanu Neal and Ricardo Allen. I, I mean I still like Niesman but I I would like to see you know a push there. Okay, just to see if we can get anybody better.
0: All right, um, bubble players. Uh, I guess for me it would probably be someone on the offensive tackle position. Like I, I like Daniel Brunskill, uh, the 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 guy from San Diego State. Um, I thought he looked really athletic. I know he came in light and he was like two two seventy five two eighty at his pro day, which is probably too small to play. To uh, in the NFL, but uh, if he gets sort of a redshirt year or a year in the practice squad, you know I, I think he has a lot of potential that you could sort of develop because uh, he's really athletic. Um, Will Freeman, just because his last name is Freeman, uh, I'll root for him. Um, Teron Ward, like I, I guess like I'm, I'm on the Teron Ward bandwagon because I, I think you know he he's a solid player. He's not amazing by any means, but like it just seems like like everybody's sort of rooting against him. Um, being, you know, a backup because the team drafted Brian Hill and, and you know, you, you got the report from Vaughn last week saying that Brian Hill was on the roster bubble, which sort of came out of nowhere with that. So um, I, I'll be rooting for Teron Ward to sort of prove people wrong and, and, and still wind up making this roster or, or whatnot. So those would probably be my bubble guys. I would be shocked if Brian Hill got cut. Yeah. I mean, until Vaughn said that I was like, yeah, he's a lot pretty much, but you know how Vaughn will will drop some nugget and you'll be like "What?" and then it'll wind up coming true or something like that but uh that does seem a little bit out there, yeah. So, okay, all right, before we get to our next question from the listeners, I want to remind you guys that buying tickets to sports and concerts can be complicated, but there is a better, simpler way to buy with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to live events. With SeatGeek's seamless mobile experience, you can buy and sell tickets in just two taps. SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices fully guaranteed. There's nothing quite like seeing your favorite team or musician in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone. It's by far the easiest way I've found to shop for tickets. I can be anywhere and with just a few taps. I can instantly find seats. I actually just used SeatGeek to look at some tickets for the Falcons. I know there's been a bit of a controversy with the PSLs and the no single game tickets, but there are some tickets available for some games this year if you check out the SeatGeek app. So I recommend you guys do that. That's because SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket Buying experience easier than ever, SeatGeek saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals. And to get your most bang for your buck, SeatGeek grades every ticket based on value to help you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Make SeatGeek your go-to app, finding the best deals on every type of ticket, from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. Best of all, all my listeners get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code LONFL today. That's promo code LONFL for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase um okay next question comes from andy at falcons andy are you expecting the team to continue cutting and signing players throughout camp in order to trim the fat
1: yeah i mean just to like to tinker with whatever they got going on with those those bottom guys because i I think the falcons roster and i think just about everybody would say this they're at a point where you know, I, I would say you probably know about like 85% of who's going to make the team. So it I can't hurt to just kind of tinker around and see who's out there with that with that like that bottom tier guys, guys who can be inactive, special teams guys. Uh, so, yeah, I, I would definitely expect them to even like throughout that third week to still be bringing guys on, guys that come from other teams, because I, I don't think they're afraid to experiment with guys and throw them in on the fly in the training camp.
0: Yeah, I mean, it seems like they've done that each of the last two summers sort of cutting guys and, and bringing in guys like right before the third preseason game and and then sort of having those guys compete down to the wire with, with some other guys. I remember there was, what, who was that cornerback from Ohio State? I want to say like Tracy Howard or something like that.
1: Yeah, something like that. Sort of
0: came in like at the end of training camp and almost made the team. Um, So, like, yeah, I, I think that's sort of their MO. That's I think that's a thing that Quinn uh, picked up from Seattle because Seattle's always – sort of tinkering with their roster, and, and that's something that the Falcons never really did prior to Queen coming here. You know, it was basically like the 90 guys they bring to camp, that's the 90 guys they're going to end with. The 53 guys that make the roster, the 10 guys that make the practice squad, they're not going to tinker unless there's an injury at all. So that's that's changed. So I, I wouldn't expect that to be any different this summer um, in sort of seeing um, what other guys can get some opportunities uh, even late in the summer.
1: Yeah, and even last year they brought in like – uh, what's that run? Gus Johnson I'm pretty sure he was a little bit late in the in training camp he let they compete he competed with Brandon Wiles and Teron Ward even though we we know Teron Ward won that spot so I, I think when we see obviously it, it all sounds really dumb and cliche like when you hear Quinn talk about compete 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 but I, I do think that he actually means it when he says he's going to give guys a chance to compete so yeah I, I would I would expect him to keep tinkering with this all the way through like the 53 man cuts
0: yeah yeah I mean it, you're right as you said earlier it's like, I do think probably a few more roster spots than people think are, are sort of locked in, assuming those guys, you know, come in and camp and, and do and, and compete in the way that Quinn expects them to. Um, but maybe those last like 10 spots on a roster are a little bit, you know, more of a toss up, and you can see the team sort of tinker with those spots, bringing in more guys. All right. Next question comes from Andy as well. He says Outside the obvious three, do you think. Any roster spots will be saved exclusively for special teams like Weems and Antone in previous years? Um,
1: it, it would, I, I, I can't think of anybody who would like, be just a kick returner or else. I mean, can you think of anyone who would be just a kick returner as a roster currently stands now? Maybe Devin Fuller if he makes a team or Andre Roberts. But I, I think even those guys are going to be asked to compete on special teams too.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, I think Fuller probably would qualify. I think Roberts is actually going to play offense this year. He probably won't play a ton. But, I mean, we did play five wide receivers last year. Right. So, um, you know, I think – I don't think you would have Andre Roberts on your roster and be like, yeah, you're not going to play any snaps on offense. Um, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it seems like it's, you know, other than the kick re- – and then, like that's one of the reasons why I don't even really think – Fuller's going to make the team because I, I don't even think the team cares about having a, a special teams only sort of guy anymore. Like, I think they made an exception for Hester because he's Devin Hester and Weems, who you know, covered kicks and whatnot, but, you know, basically didn't play any offense. Um, and that's because he was so good at covering kicks. Like, I, I don't see that being the case anymore where there's just a guy that only plays – special teams and doesn't get any opportunities on offensive defense. So, um, you yeah. yeah. I, I think we, when you look at like how
1: the rules have changed, we have more touchbacks than ever in the NFL because they've kicked, they've moved the kickoff spot up. So even that kick returner, a position is devalued. So you don't really need a, a spot for just a kick returner and your, your prime returner should be able to be a guy that can get touches on offense or play special teams or even, be a deep in the back on, on, like, in the secondary. So I, I don't think you need a roster spot for kick return anymore. So outside of kicker, uh, punter, long snapper, I, I'm pretty sure everyone else is going to be asked to compete elsewhere.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's a good point because, like, kick returns basically, like, statistically speaking, you know, if you're going to get into the analytics, unless your, your your kick returner is Cordero Patterson or or Dante Hall in his prime, like, you should he should just... Take the touchback every time. Like, just get right. the 25 yards, um, just because the chances of him taking it out beyond the 25 are, are pretty low. Um, and then with the punt return, like, even if you do have a Tyreek Hill or a Devin Hester, the reality is the better your punt returner is, the more likely it is teams are going to kick away from him. So that also puts a ceiling on how how impactful a punt returner can really be in the game if he's really good he's not going to get as many touches as he would if he was an average punt returner so it's sort of like it's a dying position and and sort of you know one of the reasons last year when we drafted Devin Fuller I was like I don't know if this is a great pick just because if if he's not a return specialist I don't know how much he's going to contribute other than that and so now you see Seemingly, if you assume a guy like Roberts is going to make the team, or even if you if you're buying the whole BJ Daniels thing, he can also return punts and whatnot. So, like it, it, you see a guy like Fuller, and now he's on the bubble, largely because he didn't make the the, the return job when the return job last year due to injury and whatnot. But it, it's one of those things where I think it's a dying position in the league. You see, pretty much probably most, if not all, the punt returners around the league are like starters. Like you see guys like Edelman and Antonio Brown and Patrick Peterson returning punts for their respective teams. And you can, you know, again, cause kick returns don't really matter all that much. You can literally put anybody out there. Um, if the Falcons want to put Tevin Coleman or, you know, Taylor Gabriel or anybody out there, you can put them on kick returns and it's not going to matter. Cause they're going to touch the ball maybe 20 times all year. Um, doing that. So, um, yeah, it's not, it's not really a, a need anymore at this point in time in the league.
1: Yeah, and even if you look back at like what happened with Devin Hester when he was in his prime in Chicago, when he was bringing all his punts back for touchdowns, they were like, well, shit, let's try to get this guy on offense and give him the ball. So they tried him at receiver, and obviously that, that didn't work out. But even saw with with Tyreek Hill, uh, as the season progressed last season, he was bringing all his punts back for big games and touchdowns, and then Andy Reid was like, well, we can use this on offense too. And, you know, if, if you have a guy who, who's, who's, you know, you can, you can, like, assess a value, what's more valuable, a punt returner or a guy who can play running back and receiver for us and take it to the house anytime he touches the ball? So, you kind of see those, those touches on punt returns decrease, and it, it just, I think you, you, if you're going to be a punt returner, you need to be able to play offense or defense as well.
0: Yeah, pretty much. I mean, that's, that's just the way the league is going, where you just can't really... Unless you have that amazing guy like that, like a Hester, like a Hill, it's just not worth keeping that roster spot open when you can use that for somebody who can do something else. Um, yeah. Okay, last question. And this this is the one I've been dying to ask you, Charles, because I know this one is where you have your most intense opinion on. Troy Green at Uncle Troy G on Twitter asks, uh, basically, he's asking us about three roster battles. What's interesting is uh, uh, in some of these that the guys have already been cut, so he already has the answer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Troy just hasn't been keeping up with the uh, transactions, I guess. Uh, his first roster battle is Jordan Moore or Quincy Mogier. Uh The second is one is
1: pronounce his last name. Mogier? Yeah, yeah, Mojay. Oh, wow. I've been saying it wrong as a Georgia fan since he stepped on campus. Yeah. I thought it was Mauger.
0: No, it's it's Mojay. uh well, apparently it's Mojay from the official uh, pronunciation guide. Um, Chris Odom or Darius English? Darius English has been cut. Or been Jerm- sure of them. Jermaine Grace or Christian Tago? Christian Tago has been cut. So I, I, I'm, I'm assuming you're going to go with uh, Mr. Mojay with that first one?
1: Yeah, because I also don't know who Jordan Moore is. So that's a very fake generic name.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Think <laughs> to uh, UT San Antonio? A fake school. There you go. All right. So, um, yeah, Troy, you know.
1: Yeah, your answer is on two of them.
0: Yeah. I mean, Chris Odom and, and Jermaine Grace, because English and Tago are gone. So, um, yeah. And in, in between Moore and Mojay for me, I, I, I guess we'll go with Moje. Um, you know, I, I don't think either of them are going to make the team, but uh, we'll see. All right. Thank you, Charles. You got any other takes that you need to get off about the Falcons in training camp before I let you go? Oh, uh,
1: so have you seen these videos of, like, throughout the summer, Devondre Campbell? I think he was working with Chuck Smith like and some other pass rushers. Do you think that Dan Quinn, with that move to a strong side linebacker, you think he kind of sees him as, like, a diet Bruce Irvin, kind of, with Duke Riley sliding over to Will?
0: I mean, it, it will make sense. I mean, he was a pass rusher in, in high school in, in his freshman year um, when he was playing for a Juco. So, and you know, with his length and his speed, and we've seen him be an effective blitzer. So it's not as if um, he doesn't have the skill set to be a pass rusher. Um, so yeah, I would be definitely in, be in favor of it if uh, if that's the plan to sort of get him rushing a lot more off the edge this sure? year. Yeah, that makes sense. And
1: also, I just want to I know you're with me on this, but I think that I mean, I'm excited about the talent on defense, but I think we need to pump the brakes a little bit just because they were still stat- statistically one of the worst defenses in the league last year. But I mean, it's, it's cool to be excited about all the defensive talent that they have, like the individual pieces they have. I think they have a lot of talented pieces, but they still need to put it together on the field and just remember, they're going to be starting most likely another rookie linebacker and uh, Duke Riley at weak side linebacker. So, just you know, uh, until we see it in, in like see it in motion for several consecutive weeks, I I can't let myself get too pumped up about the defense.
0: Yeah, I mean, for me, like we know the secondary is good. Like we, we know right. that going in, uh, we don't have any question marks there. Um, I, I think Keanu Neal's going to have a really big season. Um, And, you know, now that people understand that Ricardo Allen isn't holding back the defense, (laughs) I I think people can sort of let that go now. Um, But it's really about the front seven. Like, we know the linebackers can cover. We know they can run. It's a question of, you know, when we play teams like Dallas, when we play other teams that are going to want to run the football, like, uh, say, Minnesota with Dalvin Cook, are they going to be able to, to, you know, fill those run gaps and not get rolled over like they did against the Eagles and even, you know, even though we blew them out, the Rams basically just pounded the ball down our throats with Gurley in the second half because that Jared Goff is terrible, and right. that, that was the only way that they <laughs> could move the ball, and it it was effective, but you know, so effective in a thirty-one nothing blowout. But, um, you know, so the big question is is can the front seven sort of keep those guys help those guys out by keeping them clean and adding a guy like Pose should help there. Jared should take that leap as well, be that sort of disruptor that Babineau was in his prime, hopefully, and obviously Beasley continued to to develop as a pass rusher. And with all the other sort of rotational pieces like Claiborne and Crawford and Hageman and Tack and Brooks and and Shelby and all those guys, um, Upshaw contributing, you know, I think we can, we have the makings of a solid D line. I don't necessarily know if we're going to be talking about this D line as the best D line, one of the best D lines in the league. So, um to me it's like the ceiling of this defense is is how good the defensive line is going to be if the defensive line is great then you know the ceiling is really really high if the defensive line is solid then you know the ceiling is certainly going to be a lot better than where they were last year but uh in the meantime yeah you know i'm not expecting us to be like Houston Minnesota Seattle Denver and the Falcons are the are the best defenses <laughs> in the league i, I don't think I'm not quite on that level yet, but uh, who knows? Maybe, maybe uh, all those pieces, you know, Poe, Grady, Tack, Claiborne, and Vic all sort of hit their peak seasons and and it all comes together for them. I don't know.
1: Look, man, I'm not, I feel like I'm not being too picky. I just want 16 games of average defense, just average. Like I know they were, they were better to close the season, but come on, I want a full season of just average defense. If we can land in, that 15 to 18 range i would be very very happy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> After what we've been through over yeah. what the past almost decade now, yeah. just give me 15 ga- 16 games of average defense and i'll Seriously. i'll be very happy.
0: Yeah. I'm with you on that. Top 20 defense is all, all i need. All i need. Um uh Charles Plug all the places where people can find your stuff.
1: Uh all right, so you find me on Twitter @4verts uh, right now, our, the biggest thing that Justice and I are doing are, is uh, our work on Setting the Edge, settingedge.com. dot com. We have finished twenty nine of our thirty two uh, season previews. We have admittedly run out of steam in the past few weeks, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're
0: chugging along pretty good for for a long we were, time. I was yeah,
1: When we first started, we we were going like a team a day, and then we were like, "Oh man, you know, let's let's take a day off here, take take a couple days off there." But we have reached the NFC South, NFC West, which is our last division. So we have three teams left. We've been doing podcasts for each uh, for each division, and that's going up on the site. We have a newsletter coming out, so in the coming days, we'll tweet out a link for you guys to sign up for the newsletter, and we'll be announcing the winner of our Madden eighteen contest. And I think. I think this week, if we get some time, we're going to record with uh, Stephen Godfrey of SB Nation to preview the uh, college football season. And if you haven't, you should go to SB Nation and uh, check out the 2007 college football season recap that they have, which was, as a Georgia fan, horrible to read. But there's a lot of uh, good, funny stories. Steve Spurrier wrote – wrote a piece on there about South Carolina beating Georgia that year, which was excellent. So if you are a college football junkie and you remember how special a year that was, you should definitely go and read that. And, uh, yeah, so that's it for now. Set edge. I'm sure we'll be back with NFL 1000 fairly soon in the coming weeks and it's football season. We're back.
0: Yeah you go. All right, Charles, appreciate it. Uh, you coming on and then talking with me and answering some of these questions. Um, and, I'll- uh,
1: I'll be back uh, when the Falcons look like a four and twelve team after week three. <laughs> okay, yeah,
0: there we go. <laughs> when they when when they struggle to beat the Bears, thirteen to ten, then uh, yeah, we'll have you
1: call back. me an a- call me an AP and we'll be back on. <laughs>
0: okay. All right, man. Um, have a good night. You too. All right, guys, that's our show. Appreciate Charles for coming on and giving me this uh, doing this Q and A. Probably we'll be back. Tomorrow, with a fan talk, I might be able to get the Falcoholic himself, Dave Choate, on to record and talk a little bit about training camp. Depending on if anything crazy happens on the first day of practice, we'll determine if I put that fan talk up uh, first or the Dave episode. If if something crazy happens, then uh, we'll we'll get on that for Friday. But if not, then... um, You know, the fan talk and then the conversation with Dave will be up Saturday. So definitely got two shows locked on uh, you guys coming up or, you know, definitely one on Friday and and probably one on Saturday. So um, look forward to that. If you want to get your own questions answered on the next show. And uh, as I think I'll try to get more guests on to help answer these questions. So you guys don't have to listen to me um, wax poetic about this. Um, you know, player safety or, or this fourth string tight end battle or anything like that. Um, you can send those questions in on Twitter at Falcons, the show's Twitter handle. My Twitter handle is at FalcFans. Just let me know it's a podcast question and not a sort of regular question. And uh, if 140 characters is too little for you, then you can send in an email at LockedOnFalcons at mail.com. Locked on Falcons on Facebook is also a great way of getting in touch with the show. You can leave a comment on audioboom.com or falcfans.com where the show is posted daily. Uh, Don't forget iTunes reviews. Uh, That helps the show get more listeners. I will read your reviews on the air. It's five stars if you will. Uh, That is recommended. I mean, uh, you can give as many stars as as you would like. But, you know, as a personal favor to me and the rest of humanity... Uh, Five stars is ideal. And um, yeah, so we will keep things going with the the lockdown shows. If you want to be on a fan talk, if you if you just want to come on and, and, you know, shoot the S with me, you know, I got to keep it family friendly. Then uh, you can send an email to that address that's locked on mail at mail.com. Just give me your contact information and uh, what times are potentially available to you in the coming days and weeks. Ben, the fan talks have been, you know, from the feedback I've gotten so far, been a big hit. And um, we'll, we'll keep these things going into training camp. And, and maybe, you know, if, if enough people um, send in their response, maybe that'll be something that will continue into the regular season, um, especially during the middle of those weeks when there's not a whole lot going on. So, um, you know, there's always stuff going on, but, you know, maybe in the middle of the week instead of doing some Q&As or, or, or whatnot that we did last year, uh, maybe there will be some fan talk episodes. So that's something to keep in mind, guys. And uh, once again, just a reminder, that email address is falcons@mail.com. All right, so uh, that's it, and um, we, we you will hear from me this weekend definitely, and uh, we'll, we'll keep things going with this training camp stuff, and we'll find out when Devonte Freeman signs his contract, so I can, you know, talk about salary cap stuff and you know Tevin Coleman's future and and you know all the hot takes that you know you guys know and love, or maybe not love. <laughs> <laughs> that come from me. So that's it, guys. I'll, I'll stop rambling and I'll end the show right now.
1: You are Locked On Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal.